Well, this evening, I wanted to talk about a theme of light and darkness. After, uh, afterwards, we're going to be lighting some candles, and I'll talk a little bit more about that then. But one time when I was a young child, I think I was about seven or eight, there was a power outage in our community. I lived alone with my mom and my sister, and uh, we just happened to be hanging out at a neighbor's house. And we were having a dinner, and it was a great time, and then all of a sudden, all of the lights went out. There was absolutely no power. And uh, we had had a great time up to that point. And uh, as, a, as a young child, and I'm sure many children, and even some adults in this room that maybe or maybe won't admit it, uh, I was scared of the dark. And so it would have been a very bad evening, except for the fact that they had some candles there. And those candles meant that we let them put it on the table, we were able to finish our meal, and then because uh, we had not much else to do, we started flipping through the dictionary and looking up the weirdest definitions that we could find. And uh, we figured out who could find out the weirdest ones. But I can only imagine how boring or scary the rest of that evening would have went if there was no candles present. If we had no lights, my mom probably would have been comforting this poor little crying boy that was shaking from the tears. But fear of the dark is something that's fairly universal. It's something that... uh, that we take remarkable comfort, even from a small little tea light candle. And I don't know if any of you enjoy camping, but I love going camping and looking at that fire that's burning. I could just sit there, listen to that crackling for hours and hours. But it would be scary to be out in the wilderness hearing the sounds if you didn't have some source of light. And so would you please join me in prayer as we continue this morning? Dear Father... We're gathered this evening, and we want to hear from you. The world is such a dark place sometimes, and there are so many things that show us that things are not as they were meant to be. I ask that you would shine your light on us this evening. Open our eyes to see your light and your truth. May your words shine into our hearts and reveal to us that that, uh, what there is that is not from you. Whatever darkness is in our lives or in the lives around us, Would you please shine your revealing light into it? May we not be people who hide in darkness, but may we instead be people who walk with you in the light. Help us to reflect your light into the world around us. Thank you for all that you have done in our lives, and thank you for all you are continuing to do and what you are going to do in the future. In the powerful and precious name of Jesus, amen. Well, I have some good news this evening, and I have some bad news. And I don't have the time to poll all of you which you prefer first, so I'm going to go with my preference because I'm the one with the microphone. But I like to hear bad news first because then it only goes up from there. If the person says I have good news and bad news and they start with the good news, I say, no, 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 put that at the end because I'd rather hear the good news at the end. But the bad news that I have first is that uh, there is an issue in the world. There is a darkness in the world. And even as I referenced it in my prayer, we all are aware of this. If we look at the news, it doesn't take very long to recognize that something is not quite right. Something is broken. There's brokenness. There's hurts. There's harm. There's hate. Racism. There's all kinds of hardships. The world produces more than enough food for everyone to eat, and yet there are people that starve every single day. We have enough money that everyone should be able to have access to clean drinking water. 
and yet there are people that are dying from preventable diseases because they have to drink water out of essentially a muddy ditch. And so there, we look around and we re recognize that there's something wrong. And different religions, different philosophies have different ways of trying to explain it. But the, the hope that we have in uh, the followers of Jesus is that Jesus is the hope of the world. And the reason that there is brokenness, the reason that there is hardship, is because sin came into the world. Not because God created it, but because we chose to rebel against God. And so we walked out of the light and into the darkness. So we, instead of holiness, we have sinfulness in the world. Rather than being filled with hope, we have hopelessness. Rather than being helped by God constantly, we feel helpless. But that is why we have Christmas. So the good news is that Jesus came in order to provide us with hope in the darkness. So Jesus came into the world to bring this light into the darkness and to be the hope that the world needs. God's first creation out of everything in the, the account of Genesis, the very first thing he created was light. Before that, there was nothingness. It says it, there was a void. And the very first words that God spoke into creation was, let there be light. Light is this beautiful picture. Light is this beautiful thing that reveals what there is. It's this beautiful thing that provides hope. It shows the way. It reveals what needs to be revealed. And Jesus came into the world as this light. In uh, in. 1 John uh, 1.12, it says, or sorry, I missed my reference there, but when Jesus spoke again to the people, this is out of John, uh, John verse, uh, verse 12, and I think the 16th chapter here. It says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus had seven profound statements about who he was in the Gospel of John. And one of these is that he is the light of the world. He doesn't say, I, I make light, I provide light. He says, I am the light of the world. Another way of saying this is, I am the hope that can be found. He doesn't say, I'm one of the lights in the world. He says, I am the light. And the promise that follows it is, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. Jesus is the realization of the, all of the hope of the world since it broke in the original sin. The, uh, the fancy term is that he is the incarnation, which it means incarnate or in flesh in those of us who speak English rather than Latin, which means he's God in a body. He is God dwelling among us and he's God's presence in the world. There's this worship song that says, you step down into darkness, speaking about Jesus. Jesus came from heaven. In heaven, everything is perfect. There's no pain, there's no sorrow, there's no tears. And Jesus chose to leave that, to come into a dark world, to provide a way back to God. And the beautiful thing is that Jesus is light. And by walking in the light with him is a description of discipleship. It's a description of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So Jesus as the light of the world means that he was sent to the earth to provide us hope 
in the midst of our darkness. Christmas is something that we take for granted. But picture for me, if you would, what it would have been like not knowing that there was hope. Not knowing that there was a way to have salvation. Before Jesus, the people of God, as Kerrison mentioned earlier, waited for thousands and thousands of years. Waiting for the Savior that was promised. In the, in the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis, right after humanity falls and makes a decision to rebel against God, God begins his promised plan. He promises that there would be a, a descendant of Eve that would come and conquer sin and death, that would come to be the Savior. And so since that time, they waited in hopeful expectation for this Jesus to come. And he came in such an unexpected way. If any of us thought of how the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords should come, it should come and he should have opulence and he should have wealth and he should have power right from the beginning. But that's not how things work in God's upside down kingdom. In God's upside down kingdom, the way it works is that he came as a humble child of a blue collar family, of this family that was a trades worker and a woman that was so young she hadn't even yet been married. She was a virgin who was by God's Holy Spirit conceived this baby and was born to her. But he came who would be the king of an everlasting kingdom, not just a, a temporary kingdom. And the truth is that there is no light other than him. He is the only way to salvation. He is the only way to eternity in heaven. Everyone needs the light of Jesus in their life to find true joy, true peace, and true fulfillment. Anything else is but a poor copy that never satisfies enough. And the world was actually made to be lit by Jesus. The world is meant to be a flame that is set on fire by the love of Jesus. And yet we look around and we see that there is darkness still. But one day the whole world will be flooded by the light and will be flooded and filled with the love of Jesus. One day... Jesus will come back. And up till that point, it's our choice whether we choose to reject him and to reject his salvation or to follow after him into the light. Jesus is the source of all light and hope and all goodness. And he offers all of us the opportunity to step out of the darkness that we were in and to walk into light with him, to be filled with love and joy and hope and peace. That's the symbolism that we have at Christmas when we light candles. I wasn't born uh, in a family that, that uh, was followers of Jesus, but for some reason when I was a young child, I went to a, a church and uh, went to uh, these little Sunday school classes. I don't think it went very long because the only thing I remember is a couple of the songs. But one of the songs was this cute little song that some kids still sing, and it's called This Little Light of Mine. I'm going to let it shine. It's a beautiful, cheesy little song about how we're all these, just these little candles that can shine for Jesus. Because if it's bright, you can hardly tell that a candle's burning. But if there's pitch darkness, even the smallest tea light candle provides so much hope, so much radiance, so much heat. And so that's the light that Jesus calls us to be. During the Christmas season, he calls us to be lights of the world who come to be with Jesus 
and then go out in the world and bring this hope and this light to those around us. So I want to ask you this evening, what are you going to believe in? Are you going to believe in this Jesus who provides the hope and the way and the light of the world? Or are you going to believe in something else? Can humanity fix all of its problems on its own? We've been trying for thousands and thousands of years to try and fix the wrongs in the world. And I'm not saying that they aren't good efforts, but every effort that we do will just be a small measure unless there is an eternal hope. Anything else that we would do would just be temporary. So what are you going to decide about Jesus this evening? And then what are you going to do about it? Please don't leave here this evening if you have questions or comments or prayer requests or anything without talking to someone. Talk to someone around you. If you came with family that comes to this church or friends, chat with them, ask them, talk to them. Find someone you're comfortable talking to and ask your questions. And now we're going to transition into a time of Advent uh, reading. During the last four Sundays, we, we lit the four candles of Advent. And tonight, we light the most important one. We light the center one. We light the Christ candle, it's called. And lighting a candle is a simple yet profound act. It's a testimony of the power of light over darkness. And four weeks ago, we began the journey towards Christmas. We lit one candle each week, and it's the culmination of this hope that we light the Christ candle And from it tonight, we'll each light our own candle from this. And the sign of this is that each of us gets our hope and our peace from Jesus. And so in John 1, 9 to 14, it says this. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and through him, the world was made. The world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, but of a husband's, or of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his own dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And there's the reference I was missing, John 8, 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people again, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Would you walk with Jesus into the light this evening? Now we will uh, light our candles and then the, the lights will be dimmed for us so we can see Jesus' light through the candles. Amen, amen. He is worthy of all of our praise. Merry Christmas once again. Thank you for being with us this evening. Of anything else you could have been doing, you made our service a part of your night and for that I thank you. I think we spent it well worshiping Jesus, the reason for the season. It's a cheesy phrase, but I like cheesy phrases. I'm a dad, so I'm allowed to have the cheesy dad jokes. But thank you for being here. And whether uh, you're a longtime follower of Jesus, or you're still trying to figure it out, or you're just hearing about him for the first time, 
there's a whole lifetime that can be a journey following Jesus. And it's a lifetime of walking in the light and learning more and more about him and how much he loves you, how much he cares for you. And so if you didn't get it on the way in, we'd love for you to get your, your welcome uh, bag for guests here this evening and to get connected with you with the Connect cards. Uh, and children, there's a, uh, a little gift for you on the way out. Parents, I'm sorry, it's sugar-related, but uh, your parents, you could take it away and eat it yourself. I mean, uh, give it to them later if you want to. But, uh, but Merry Christmas. And uh, just, if you wouldn't mind just joining me in, uh, in just prayer as we close. And, oh, if before that, just to remind you, if you, uh, the next Sunday we're going to be having a time of uh, a, sh- a much shorter message and then giving lots, people lots of opportunities as we recap the year to share about what God has done in your life in this past year. Uh, the fancy Christian term for them is testimonies. So we'd love if you're a a regular attender or a guest to come on out and hear what God has been doing in the life of the people of this church. And then starting the week after that, we're starting a series on uh, the life of Jesus from the Gospel of Mark. Mark was a young guy who had a very uh, fast-paced gospel, and so I love uh, reading it, and we're going to be studying through that. So would you please join me in prayer? Jesus, I thank you for who you are. Christmas wouldn't have been possible without you, Jesus. And I thank you that we have had the opportunity to come together to sing Christmas songs and to praise you, Jesus. I pray you'd bless all of these wonderful men, women, and children that are here this evening. Give us a great Christmas time with family, with friends, with whatever our plans are, Lord. Eating far too much and enjoying each other's company. And I pray that you would just bless us and help us to glorify you. So thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.